many of you uh, who don't normally take the, the show, um, we speak on the regular every week, and we have been to the New South Wales Police and Emergencies Minister. And we still will continue speaking to David Elliott, although he now has a new portfolio sworn in yesterday. David, good morning. Good morning, Marcus. Congratulations on the new gig. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's obviously going to be a challenge in the, in the transport portfolio, but uh, I'm thrilled that I also got back the uh, Veterans Affairs portfolio. Yes. It's uh, something that has been um, a great passion of mine. And uh, I'll be spending a fair bit of time uh, on that next year as we uh, as we get through the Royal Commission into veteran suicide. Absolutely. Well, I think they've got a good, strong advocate there in you. Uh, look, I have to ask: Were you a little disappointed um, in losing the the policing portfolio? Because you and I have discussed at length uh, how important that job has been to you. Uh, I wasn't a little disappointed. I was very disappointed. I mean, it's, uh, I married into the police family, and uh, I married a police superintendent's daughter, and my wife and I met uh, what was just before I entered the army, and I was working at police headquarters uh, as a uni graduate. So uh, uh, there's a, I've got a lot of skin in the game when it comes to policing, and uh, I uh, certainly fell in love with the organisation once again, and it was certainly a, a challenge, uh, one that I uh, one that I relished. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 sad to lose lose it, but you know you know politics as much as I do, Marcus. You know nothing lasts forever, and uh, and you know what do they say? Most political careers end in tears. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I shed one last night when I uh, handed over the baton uh, t- uh, and became the, uh, the transport minister. All right. Well, uh, look, it's a tough job. Let's just first, before we get on to transport, um, I I noticed that you want Australia's own Arlington Cemetery. On your first day in the new job as Veterans Affairs Minister, you revealed your ambitious new plans for a fitting memorial for our war dead. Um, Well, I agree. Yeah, it's something that I've been thinking and and working on uh, behind the scenes um, with the thought of if I ever return to the Veterans Portfolio, I'd want to put it immediately on the on the radar. Um, I just think that, first of all, like, the idea came to me uh, when I was Veterans Minister in the last parliament when uh, I visited the, a memorial to Robert Weir, who was the first Australian to ever die yeah. on active service. He was a, a private soldier, a trooper in, in, in the Sudan in 1885. And um, he's a memorial to him near Kayama, uh, and yet... His body is still just buried under a bunch of rocks at, in a in a small grave in the Sudan in, in near Khartoum, yeah. and I'm thinking, what? First of all, there aren't. I, I can't think of another country in the world, maybe New Zealand, that can um, identify the first soldier to ever die uh, un, uh, serving their nation, and yet ours is so disrespected by being under a bunch of rocks in a third world country in Africa. So I thought, well, this needs to come back. And and that certainly would be an opportunity for us to uh, mirror, uh, but with a very unique Australian flavour, our own National War um, Cemetery. And and I think it gives families an opportunity to to commemorate and celebrate the valour. Mm. All right, you have, uh, my understanding, is already sat down and had a couple of meetings with unions, uh, particularly the, the rail, tram, bus union. Uh, we know there's been industrial uh, stoppages, action, uh, threats of further striking um, in the new year. Uh, that'll be a bit of a challenge as you take on the transport portfolio. Yeah, yeah, there's been some industrial issues uh, that they've raised with me. Some of them, I think, are more than legitimate. Some of them, uh, I think, we'll probably have uh, an argument with. But uh, having 
having worked in the construction industry and the infrastructure um, uh, fraternity before, before I entered Parliament, um, it's certainly um, not something that I'm unfamiliar with, but uh, I, I think it's just, you know, I want to go to the job with the, with a blank canvas, with a, you know, to borrow a phrase, to, with a clean set of hands. And, yep. and I met, I deliberately met with the union before I even got briefed by the department. I, I actually met with them illegally because I hadn't even been sworn in yet. So uh, just don't tell anybody that. No, we won't. Um, and uh, I think that uh, I think that, that was an important message to them is that, you know, I'm, I'm all ears. I want to know exactly what their concerns are and, and I'll address them uh, if, uh, if, if we, before they're deemed to be legitimate. There's always going to be a requirement for the Industrial Relations Commission. That's only fair and appropriate. And that's why the, we've, we've got the wonderful system that we have when it comes to uh, uh, industrial um, harmony in this country. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I wish you well on that. Uh, I don't think there's much of an appetite in the public for further strikes, but, uh, you know, um, I know you read the room pretty well in politics. And speaking of that, uh, one of the the big complaints we've had in in relation to transport has been the procurement of uh, infrastructure from overseas, whether it's, you know, some some issues with cracking tram carriages, uh, trains the ferries. Uh, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know and that the people listening don't know. I was... I was actually very pleased to hear you say yesterday that, um, you know, in the future, you don't believe that spending money procuring um, infrastructure overseas might be the best way to go, considering the issues we faced. Well, Marcus, um, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Uh, And uh, in my mind, I can't think of any dodgy Australian products. There might be some out there. Uh, but, you know, uh, w- when we do something in this country, we do it well. Our well, we made the bloody part. hills hoist, for goodness sake. Exactly. <laughs> and then the Vicar hey, Lawnmower. That's it. Which reminds me, I might have to get it out before Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, we, do get, we do get what we pay for in this country. And, uh, and, and my view is that I think governments have been a little bit too... Um, not, I'm not going to say focused on the bottom line because it's taxpayers' dollars, but I don't think taxpayers' mind is paying a bit of a premium on locally produced... Uh, products, and I think that I, I'm going to drill down to find out how how much of the multiplier effect they take into consideration yeah. when they acquire these assets, these infrastructure, and, and these uh, uh, these uh, these capabilities. Because I, I'm okay. Well, we might say, well, we will buy Australian, but because it's the uh, because we'll get lots of payroll tax. Well, okay, that's payroll tax. How much are we forfeiting in GST if we go overseas? How much are we forfeiting in, um, in, in stamp duty um, if we go overseas? How much are we yeah. forfeiting in, in secondary support for businesses like the, the lady who makes the sandwiches and, 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 the, uh, and, the, and the manufacturers of, uh, say, the, the clothes that are going to be bought locally for, uh, for workers? I mean, it's a, I, I really think that I'm a big... My dad was an accountant, and I, in the greatest act of um, uh, defiance, I became a history graduate and, a, and an <laughs> army officer. So I don't, I, I don't pretend to understand... Uh, finances to the to the nth degree, but I do understand the multiplier effect, mm. and I think that's something that we're going to have to be considering. All right, David, I want to wish you and your family all the very best for Christmas, and uh, thank you for joining me this morning. I look forward to our our chats as the challenges of uh, of Omicron and and twenty twenty two present themselves. And look, what would be your message uh, from the state government this morning? Uh, we're waking up probably to another uh, day of. of Cases which will be high ahead of, and obviously um, we've got the national cabinet meeting uh, today. But what would be your message to people in New South Wales this morning? Um, embrace hope. 
embrace hope. Let's, you know, we, we, we've, we've come a long way with, with COVID-19. Let's just make sure that, uh, you know, we don't fall at the, at the finals, uh, the, the final straight. Yeah. Yeah. Be, take precautions. We all should take, we, we always got to be careful, but let's just embrace hope this, question, this Christmas. I think that's probably the, the best way we're going to get through 2022. And don't forget, mask up on public transport. You have to do Oh, yes. So you got to mask up on public transport. Absolutely. Yep. And as you said, that's, you know, it's not a bad idea for us to now, with our wallets and mobile phones, grab a little hand sanitizer as well. Yep. David, thank you. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Marcus. Bye-bye. All right, all the best. There he is. Uh, David Elliott, who, uh, look, um, I think will do a great job in his new portfolio. I think he's one of the uh, the best ministers. He'll look after transport now after this cabinet reshuffle and, of course, Veterans Affairs. And I don't mind the idea. What do you make of it? Of Australia having its own Arlington Cemetery type situation. You heard David very clearly. He doesn't like the idea of fallen Australian soldiers' remains lying under rocks in a third world country overseas. We need somewhere, and look, um, in fairness, in, in other areas like France, on battlefields of the, uh, of, of the Second World War, we do have appropriate memorials. But should we be looking at our own Arlington, similar to what they do in the United States of America?